You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hey, it's uh, Father's Day. I got that. It's our day, finally. It has arrived. Bradley's in bed. Go ahead and raise your hand. That's good. That's beautiful. Are you just going to lie to me? I don't think that. And then children massage your feet. Is that not happening? That's not happening. Well, it didn't happen for me either. The day is Father's Day. Uh, we've been talking about something, and it has to do with this thing right here. Uh, it's like this. It's called the mouth, and we have a problem with this mouth. Maybe not you, but I do. Just wanted to let you know. But all of us will. So today we thought it'd be really good. Just go ahead, me and my big mouth for Father's Day. Just go ahead and throw that out there. We've been trying to figure out uh, in James, we've been talking about that in the book of James, how to figure out how to tame the tongue. And I'm not sure exactly we're doing really well with that. Uh, There's some things we got to do to get there. And James was telling us this as we get in there. But he left us in a spot last week. So if you haven't been following this, let me, I'll, I'll bring you up in just a minute. But James left us in a spot that basically says there's no way to control a tongue, tongue or tame the tongue. You probably need a bridle or a muzzle or you need something that's, that watches the mouth because it just really, it just takes off. He called it like a, a you know, it's a spark, uh, it's a pilot light waiting to start a fire. And it's always on. It's the only muscle in your body that doesn't get tired. So it can just keep going. It doesn't matter. So I don't, even if you're sick, it'll just keep going. It's just what it is. So James was trying to tell us how to handle this thing. And uh, I don't know if we're doing really well with it. And we say things we don't mean. That's, uh, that's the problem. And to people we really like care about, people we love and close to us, we say things we don't mean, we shouldn't have said. We needed a pause button. We talked about that last week. Our rewind. If we had a rewind button, most of the marriages would be saved. So, but we don't have we don't have a rewind. The thing you need to know about words, they're very they're very devastating to people. They shape us, they make us, they mold us. And the other thing is, once they're out, they're out. There's no way to get it back. So I caution you to put when you put things on Facebook and you're mad, probably not a good idea. Might all think about that just for a moment. So we'll see this, how this works and unfolds. And I'm going to go in and say, as we get into this, why do we say the things we say? That's the question. And we're going to look at this and we're going to talk about Apostle Paul. He's going to help us with that. Uh, Here's what James said. Quick to listen, slow to speak. That isn't think before you speak. You want to make sure we understand. That's not think before you speak. That's listen before you speak. Because a lot of times somebody is talking, you're thinking what you're going to say. You never hear them. James says you need to hear them. Now, that's an interesting uh, concept. It's a little different. We're not used to that because we want to be heard. We want people to hear what we're saying. We really don't care what you think because, again, we are right. Isn't that the way it works? What we think is right. What we do is right. You did everything right for you today already. What you thought was right. So hearing people and listening to their views. I have a hard time uh, with my teenager. She's 17. And because I have all the wisdom in the world, right? 
I know everything there is to know, all the way back to Noah, as far as she knows. And so she should be coming in the room and saying to me, please tell me more, Daddy. Tell me how this is going to work. Please, oh, great one, tell me. So that's not really happening. And so I find myself not listening to her, even though, because she's a teenager, uh, that would be the, that's a terrible thought, being a dad. So I actually started listening to her and trying to reason with, through her thoughts and try to help her. And that's what James would say to do, is you need to listen, find out where they're coming from, and then maybe you can help them, and then we're gonna find out how to do that. I don't know if all our words are very helpful. I think that's the problem. Uh, the words aren't equally weighted. This is, you'll discover this to be true. So, you know, they're not equally weighted. So if I say something negative to you, a positive doesn't make up for it. It's not the same. The reason being, so that you understand, we are all kind of born to the dark side. We're all sliding that way. We always remember the hurtful words, but the good stuff, the positive stuff, you won't remember. And this is what you have to be careful of. So even though you said something in anger at your daughter or your son or your wife or whoever it is, uh, you know, a positive thing is not going to really make up for it. It takes a lot of positives to take away a negative. This is why you have to tell your children over and over how wonderful they are, how they're going to make it, they're going to change the world. You got to say it all the time. You got to tell your wife more than one time that you love her. You have to say the good stuff over and over because the words are not equally weighted. And you will find this to be true. And you already know this. I'm just saying it. The source isn't equally weighted. This is something else. The mothers carry, let's think about this. The mothers carry a 400 pound word. Okay, they weigh, their words weigh 400 pounds. When they say something new, you're kind of paying attention. But listen up, dads. Your words weigh the most. So sorry. Your words weigh the most. What you say to your children is going to stick. And what you don't say to your children is going to stick. So you better be in control of this thing called the mouth or you can wreck some lives with this thing. It always burns. It's what, it's what James says. It starts fires it cannot put out. We scorch our children, we burn our marriages because of this thing called the mouth. You need to be in control of it. This is what Paul is going to tell us. You need to pay attention to it because it will go off in any moment. And you have gone off. You've probably gone off this week. I am almost positive you did. But the source isn't equally weighted. There's people in your life who carry more weight than others. I don't know how much weight I carry uh, for you today. I'm just giving you what the Bible is telling us, what, what is happening. So I don't know how much weight that is, but there's people in your life who carry a lot of weight. But dads, listen very carefully. You carry the most for your children. There are people today who still can't get over dad that are in this room. What wasn't said or what was said. Gotta be careful. The recovery time isn't equally weighted. I know that you, I'll talk to the, the husbands, you really wish this would work, right? Like you just went off on your wife and she's in there crying and you go play golf. Sounds like I did this, doesn't it? Well, of course I did. Why? Because my mouth, it goes off like the rest of them. So then I come back and, uh, you know, I said I was sorry for her left, by the way. Just letting you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to play 18 holes. I love you. Bye. I know I hurt you, but forgive me. It's okay. 
Uh, no. And then you come home, it's not okay. The recovery time isn't the same. It's gonna, how long does it take to get over it? How long does it take for your wife to get over what you just said to her? She's got to process this thing. She's got to feel this thing. She's got 35,000 words she's got to get rid of. She's going to journal this thing. It's going to be days. And you're like, can we not just move on? This is guys. No, we can't move on. You just hurt me. Recovery time. It's like somebody sticking a knife in your back and they say, oh, sorry, I didn't mean you to do that. And they pull the knife out. Still going to hurt. It's going to take a little while. So this is what I'm saying your words carry a lot of weight with them. You really do. You can, you can change people's lives in a moment with them. You can change your marriage, everything, by changing the way you speak and what you say. This is what James told us. Of course, James left us in a pickle. He says, I'll just go ahead and tell you, the tongue is not tameable, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. And that's what he told us. So we're gonna jump over in just a moment. And uh, to Paul, just, just in a moment, we're going to let Paul tell us exactly what we should be saying because James didn't tell us anything. He said, uh, and in itself, and is itself set on fire by hell, the source of evil is the devil himself. You can give hell to people by your mouth. Did you know that? And some of you have. You can give hell to people by your mouth. This is what James is leaving us with. He's basically saying, there really isn't any hope for this. There's no cure for this. You're just gonna have to put a muzzle on it. He talked about putting a bridle on it. He talked about all the things that control us. He said, everything in your life is controlled and the people around you listen very carefully by your words, what you say and what you do with them. And that's what he was trying to get across. So then we end up, left with what are we going to do? Then Paul jumps in in Ephesians. Apostle Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. Now, let me help you, everybody watching online. If, uh, if you don't like Christians in any way, then you and, you and Paul are going to identify real well here. Because the Apostle Paul was one of those guys who was taking out all the Christians. That was his job, to go take out all the Christians. And then he did something really interesting. He met Jesus Christ this great thing that happened on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus Christ and then he stopped killing all the Christians and then he started, he started all these churches and started writing all these letters to the churches to try to help them. And what, what he did, he's came, he come from the other perspective. He came from this worldview to this new view and he was looking at it from both sides and he's gonna tell us as Christians, this is how we should be doing this. This is what I see. So as we get into this, whether you believe in it or you don't believe in it, it's free to try at home and just see if it works. And so this is what Paul is gonna be telling us and he's writing to the Christians as we get into this. So if you're a Christian, this is for you. If you're not a Christian, try at home, see if it works. So here we go. So I tell you this, so I tell you this. So this is his, what he's seeing. And I'll tell you this and insist it, insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles. So he's talking to you Christians. You should not be living like you were. A Gentile is somebody that was outside the church, wasn't a Christian. They had different views. They had a worldview and a cultural view that Paul was in and he was seeing this and he's saying, now this is a new thing we're gonna do and I'm gonna tell you what I see so it can help you. So you, know, you don't need to be living like everybody else. 
You don't need to be living like the culture. I think sometimes we get a little confused and you will say these words, I can't believe they did that. And I don't know why you wouldn't believe it. They're not living like, they're not thinking like who we're supposed to be. And this is all new and Paul's trying to help people. Gentiles do in the futility of thinking. So he's not putting everybody down, but they just don't get what we get. We should get. Our words should be different. Our lives should be different. And we should be looking at people outside this as they're like, what's wrong with them? They're not, they don't understand what Jesus Christ can do for them. They haven't discovered that or found that out. So he's looking at it, looking back, standing back, taking this whole thing in. He's come from killing Christians and starting churches. And now I'm writing a letter to you guys telling you what I know and what I see. So here we go. He said, they're darkened in their understanding and separate from the life of God because of their ignorance. It's not putting them down, by the way. He's just saying they don't know. They don't know. That is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Their worldview, they live their life based upon the worldview and the culture. And they did things, this is very, this is very important. They said things and they did things based upon the culture and what was happening around them, kind of like what's happening now. And then you're stuck in the middle of this. So you're in the middle of it and he's telling you as Christians, that's not how we're to live or how, what we're to say or how we're to act. So we have to think just for a moment. So he's got this observation of what is happening out there and what should be happening in here. That's his observation. So that's one of the things he's trying to tell us when it comes to our words, we should not be like anything else. Now here's, the, here's what we try. As a dad, here's what I try to do. There's a couple of things you need to know, passing on the, you know, the observation, words, and behavior. Those are the two things that are gonna change your family, your children, your world, is your words and your behavior. Now, here's the problem with some of this. It's, you, know, you look at your behavior and your words are not matching that. Don't do what I do, do what I say. You remember, you ever heard that one before? Uh, obviously, but we know that words and behavior those are the two. Now, if you could match those two, if you could actually say and do what you say and do, that would change everything. That changes your home, changes everything around you, changes your, your daughter, your sons, everything. Your words are the most powerful thing that are in your, that's in your home. And the problem is, we don't know why we say what we say. We don't know. Paul has an idea, and we'll get to that. So my thought with this, I'm going to try to pass on to my daughter what I think she should know for the rest of her life. Is that not kind of what we're doing? And, you know, we're raising our children in order that we can move out. Is that right? So that's what we do. We get them ready for life. We get them out. She's 17. She's a senior next year. Uh, basically, I'm, my influence is over. That's where I am. So I'm going to do something. So I've taught my daughter this. This is my trying to pass on. I said, you always should do good if you can do good for somebody. Whatever that might be, you know, we, our thing is we would buy, we will buy dinner for people. We'll buy lunches for people. We'll go someplace. I don't even know who's in the restaurant. Sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't. I'll say, I'll say okay, God, tell me who you want me to buy. We'll buy somebody's dinner. We don't know who they are. We don't tell. We just do it. So we go to this restaurant uh, and Faith and, I, and Lynn were in there and uh, 
The, the police, I saw the police force over here. There was three, uh, six of them. They were sitting over there. I walked in, I sat down. I said, okay, we're going to buy their dinner. They're having a hard time. We're going to buy their dinner. Well, before I could buy their dinner, they got up and left. They were like, I came in, I sat down, looked over and they were gone. I saw them on the way in. So this is something we always do. Faith will always ask me who we're buying this week, what we're doing. So Faith goes out to eat. She goes out to eat and there's three policemen sitting at a table. So she calls me. She says, Daddy, I want to buy their, their lunch. I want to buy their lunch or their dinner, whatever it was. There's three of them I want to buy. I said, well, that is great. Go ahead. Well, I don't have any money. Okay, so here we go. Okay. Sounds real. It's beautiful when it's your money, right? It's beautiful. So she says, can you cash out me? And I, if you hadn't figured, parents, you don't know what that is. You need to get in the world. Okay. So I cash out her, sent her some money. She paid for their dinner, that kind of thing. And so that's the thoughts. That's the passing on. I wasn't there, but it still was my money. I know one day it'll be hers and we'll she do it. So she decided that she wanted to take me out to Father's Day dinner. And I got a couple of people here, Ashlyn and uh, David went with us, one of her friends. And uh, so we decided to go out to Father's Day dinner and take us out, to, you know, like that. So I got with David and we sat down at the table and we, we had this thought in mind, we're going to make you pay. Because they're going to pay for the dinner, but you're going to really pay. As much as we pay for you and all the things we do, you're going to pay for this. So David looks across the table at me. He says, we can get 50 wings for $67. It was almost a coma that happened right there. Those two girls. What was really funny, we got there. David and I ordered tea and they ordered water because they're paying. You see how this works? So this pay. so we get ready, and David said, oh, I'll get this. I, get, I said, well, I'm going to get me some wings. I'm going to get me a hamburger. I'm, be, I'm loading up. And then Faith says, well, wait a minute, Daddy. We've got to have a limit. We just can't go in here, you know, willy-nilly and just go. We've got to have a limit. I said, well, what's my limit? She said, $20. I went, really? So I worked that bad boy till I got, my, I got in there. She still owes me some money because I was a little less than that. But I got it worked out and everything. So we, we, got, we got everything. It was a lot of food. I was tearing it up. David was throwing it down like there's no tomorrow. The world's ending tomorrow. Here's the kicker. So here we are. We, we loaded them up. We did. So we get ready to pay. Well, they get ready to pay. And all of a sudden, the waitress comes over and says, somebody's already bought your dinner. I'm like, ah. Somebody at our church, somebody wonderful already paid for the whole thing. And so we still didn't get our money. So she still owes me some money. And, but she said, you see, Daddy, it does work. And that's what I wanted her to know, that these things you do, you're trying to pass on. And so what, well, the question was, what are we actually passing on with, with our behavior and with our words? This is what the Apostle Paul was trying to get a hold of us trying to tell us what we should do. And again, you have to look at why do we say the things we say? Why would we tell our children you'll never amount to anything? Why, who would do that? It happens every day. How would you, why would you say to your child, well, I wish you wasn't born? What? It happens every day. And it sticks in and it's still in there. That knife is still in the back. So we have to think. He says, this is the best way to fix this, okay? Don't let any unwholesome, 
Think about this. Talk come out of your mouth. Now, for all of you who like to cuss all the time, listen carefully. He's not talking about cuss words here, but you could throw this in. So this is not permission to go out and let everybody have it, okay? But what he is saying is, in the Greek, this is what he's telling us. He says, a smells of spoiled or rotten fish. Is what he said. This is what this means. Smells of spoiled or rotten fish. This stinks really bad. Or sandals, you can throw sandals in there. I don't know if you've ever seen it smell a teenager's shoe after being outside all day, barefoot in the shoe. Have you ever smelled that? Because I was at Rock Hill when I was, I, had, I was at the YMCA and we had nap day, nap time. And for some crazy reason, I had everybody take their shoes off to go take a nap. That was, I did that one time in my life. It was, it, it was a couple of days before the smell went out. So he's saying, you, your mouth doesn't need to have anything that, that smells like that. It's coming out of it. He's, here's what Paul would call it. He called it avoid fish mouth. So you got to avoid fish mouth. And here's what he's telling us. Anything that's critical, let me help you real quick. Do you even know you're doing this? This is, this is maybe a little bit of an issue that you may not, remember, you're right. You may not know you're doing these things, so you'll need somebody who carries weight around you that you listen to, and maybe to tell you, yeah, this is what's happening. So I don't know what's the first thing out of your mouth when you see something, when you experience something, whether it be a sunset or not a sunset, do you say, oh, it's beautiful, well, it's going down too soon. Sun's going down too soon. That's what I say when I'm on the golf course. But I'm just telling you what's coming out. He said, this is what he's talking about, fish mouth. Critical stuff that you say, this tasteful stuff that you say. You say things you not necessarily have to, you don't have to say that's putting somebody down. Either what they're wearing or what they look like. I mean, it doesn't matter. He said, these are the things you can't say and you can't do. Why? Because it will burn down your marriage. It will scorch your children. And this is what he's telling us are damaging things like you will never amount to anything. Do you know that people are still dealing with that in this room and watching online, they're still dealing with dad said, you will never amount to anything because the dad's words weigh the most. How would you like to hear dad, I'm proud of you. Dad say, I'm proud of you. There are people still waiting for those words. Still waiting for those words. Listen, let me tell you dads, you're mad coming at home, don't come home until you're not mad. Get control of it. Get control of your mouth because your words carry the weight. You can destroy your wife, your children, you can burn it down. You need to be careful. So he says, avoid fish mouth at all costs. Avoid it all. You might need somebody to help you with that. So what do you say? This is what he's gonna tell us to say. He said, but only say these things but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not your needs, not what you think, but their needs, watch this, that it may benefit those who listen. So we have something here, we have this construction word called building. So, I, so this is interesting thought when you think I got to say what? Is it possible to even live like that? Just only say things that are sweet, nice, and, you know, can you actually run a household like that? Can, you know, you come home and your child's throwing shoes across the room and you say, sweetheart, would you please not do that anymore? 
or you get into, you go in for a job, you know, interview or a job review and somebody says, you know, let me just tell you, I said, it would be nice if you just, if you just could come to work sometime. And so you think, what, what is he saying? Sometimes you need to dial it up. And some of you are, are pretty dialed up. You need to dial that back. But what he's saying is sometimes you don't, this isn't about being sweet. This isn't about being critical at all. This is only what is helpful to the person that you're talking to. They should walk away from your conversation thinking that was incredible conversation. Only things that construct, only things that build, those are the things you're wanting to come out of your mouth. Some of you are gonna have to slow down because you speak too much and you say things you shouldn't say. Every conversation is like instruction site and your words are the building material. So what material have we given our children so far? I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if I'm a good parent or not. Have you ever thought about this, parents? Like Faith will do something. I'm like, I didn't teach her how to do that. I didn't tell her to do that kind of thing. I didn't, do you know that they don't have, you don't have to teach them anything? They're born sideways. Does everybody understand that they're not all together? I mean, they, they know the how to lie and how to steal and how to what, they know all these things. And so sometimes I have to think, am I doing a good job? I guess I won't know till later. But I do have a senior this year if y'all want to pray really hard. I got to watch this right here. All the, it's still moving. I got to watch it. But everything you give with your, it says it used to be building material. You only say those things. That are, that are helpful and beneficial and useful to the listener based on their needs, not yours. Why do I say what I don't wanna say? It's just a real good question for everybody listening. Why do, you, why do you go off so much? Why do you say things that you really, you really don't mean? Why do I destroy rather than build? I have a really good idea why you do this. Because Paul talked about it. He, this, remember, he's looking at it from a, world perspective and looking inside of the church. Why are these people, why are the church people acting like the outsiders? Why are they going off on people just like everybody else? What is wrong? And he figured it out. And here's what he said it was. He said, get rid of all bitterness. This is the word. There's, let me say this. You will say, I am not bitter but your words and your behavior tell something different. It leaks out. This is what you gotta watch for. And here's what it says in the Greek, just to give you an idea. He says, uh, pack it up, bag it up, take it to the street. He said, this is what you have to do with bitterness. You gotta pack it up, bag it up, you gotta take it to the street. There's no, there's no hanging around it. No hanging around it. And you ever, where does this come from? Are you that person? Is what he would ask. Where did this thing come from? And if you don't even know, you, you may be critical and bitter and all the things, and you don't even know because this is how you grew up. This is how you were raised. You're just doing what everybody else was doing. And so this is something you have to be careful of. You can't be a builder if you're bitter. You just can't. Can I say just straight up being honest with everybody? Um, we're all bitter somewhere. There's no rainbows and sunshine every day. Something got us. You know what got you? Words got you. Somebody said something to you. 
somebody hurt you. That's how we destroy each other is through our words. It's not physically we hurt each other. Emotionally, we wound. Mentally, we wound. It affects us physically. But something got you. And now you're raising your own kids. And now you're married. And one of the things you need to understand, if you don't get rid of this, you will bring it to every relationship you have. You may be divorced and remarried. You're gonna bring in the same thing if you hadn't dealt with it. You're gonna raise your children just like you were raised. Is that good or bad? This is what we have to look at when it comes to this. Bitterness requires forgiveness. And bitterness comes from words spoken to you over and over. Right? You are exactly what you are because of words. Somebody said something, you did something, whatever it was, it's because of words. You are who you are. That's why you feel like you're right, for sure. So what are you saying is what Paul was trying to get across. So what are we saying? What are we saying to our friends? What are we saying to our spouse? What are we saying to our kids? What are we saying? Because words are building us and they still hurt, don't they? That's what he talked about that fire, it still burns. He said, just like a forest fire, you said, you really can't put it out and it still burns. It comes from words. Look at this, just like your daddy. Anybody had that one? I, you know, my wife, you just like your daddy. Well, yeah, he raised me. What does that mean? Yes, yeah, hold on a minute. Is that good or bad? You see, I know where my dad came from and how he was raised. He didn't get those words. He didn't get those words that you're gonna be good, you're gonna make it. He didn't get all that stuff. He didn't get, I, I've, been, I've had more and more conversations with him, with him about his childhood about things that happened. I mean, he had to go, he would go to work and work in the mill and the, the mom and dad would take his paycheck. So these things started, you know, I started hearing these things and what they were saying and, all, and I'm surprised he made it as far as he did. But my mom changed his vocabulary. <laughs> I can tell you. I had a great, my, my dad thinks we're, you know, we can do anything. He's all, he, always, he came out here and looked at the trail, looked at the church, what we had done. He cried like a baby. He said, I knew y'all could do this. That's what my dad says. And this is what I'm saying. What are we doing with our words? What are we saying when it comes to this? And here's the hard part. Forgiveness is to, is to give someone from the past what they did not deserve. Watch that. So we can give those around us what they do deserve. You know what you're doing with your words? It's called payback. When you hang on, you don't take it out. Bag it up, take it out, put it on the street, and you hang on to that bitterness. It's called payback. You're making everybody pay around you for somebody that you can't pay because they're not here anymore, but everybody around you is now paying for what happened to you. So you need to figure out how to take it out. And you need to give what people around you, what they really deserve. What they really deserve from you. And this is why Paul said it's so important that you take it out, get rid of the bitterness, bag it up, take it to the street, don't hang on to it. Your words mean more than anything else you can do. I've had many people say to me, I want my children to have it better than I had it. Well, that's beautiful and that's wonderful. You're talking about money or houses. Why don't you say great things to them? 
That will be better. That will mean more to them and change their world more than anything else. And this is what Paul was telling us. Rage and anger, brawling and slander along, from, along with every form of malice. Do you lose it? Do you just get into a rage or a fit? Do you just lose it? Even the dogs run from the room. They're hiding from you. Paul, Paul said, you have to stop. Every bit of this, why are you so mad? That's what you need to look at. It's why you are so angry. And you can all go back. Somebody did this, somebody said that. But I'll tell you, the weight comes from the father and the mother. That's where it usually comes from. Every form. Get rid of words like this that demean. I'm just gonna help you real quick. Uh, you can't tell your children they don't really matter. Oh, God help you, you do. You're watching online, you know this is happening. Some of you feel this now, this happened to you. You matter to God, we're all his children. Do you know that? Jesus died for us. You matter, I want you to know right straight up. You don't uh, degrade, you don't measure up. I thought you were better than that. Did you say this? I thought you were better than that. Everybody else is doing well. What's wrong with you? Stop, stop. Disrespect, you don't deserve respect. I've been disrespected. It is no good feeling. So these are the things that Paul said you gotta stop. You had to figure out where it's coming from. You have to watch your mouth. If you're so bitter and angry, you need to, you need to muzzle that thing and to figure out somebody can help you. Somebody that cares weight around you. Your words, where do you have, to have work to do? Where do you have work to do? Who hopes you will get to work soon? Now you think about that. Who is it in your life that hopes you get to work real soon on this? You can change everything about your life and the people around you just by changing your words. Tell your wife you love her today and watch what happens. Just watch what happens. Could be a good thing. So you just think about it. You can physically, mentally, and emotionally crush the people you love with your words. This is James. This is what he said. You can crush, I can crush you. You've crushed people. Or you can do it this way. You can physically, mentally, and emotionally build the people you love with your words. So what he said, you got a choice with this mouth. You can decide how it's gonna go, which way you want it to go. But I, I would say if you're crushing more people, you need to take a really good look at what's going on with you. And that's what Paul would say. Y'all stand with me. So, you know, you can't build if you're bitter. Does everybody understand? Does everybody, you know, y'all picking up what I'm laying down? A little bit? I can't tell. I'm not, still not telling. But I'm just letting you know Okay, we have one. Thank you so much. I just want to make sure that you understand how important your words are, you know. I mean, we really can destroy people or we can build them. So I don't know if I'm a good parent or not. I'll let you know. I guess she's 25, we'll find out. That's kind of how it works. So, but let's make sure we change our speech and make sure we know what we're saying. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the day. Thank you for wisdom, it's just amazing. Sometimes we forget. So I pray that we will understand what we say really, really 
matters. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.